0: All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank You for the new year that we're going to love You more and more every day that our whole body, soul, and spirit are going to follow You and that we're going to get Your work done here on this earth. And we just say this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we want to talk about the Holy Spirit. He's the one that talks to us in thoughts every day. So, with all your heart then, seek the things of the Holy Spirit. So, we have to establish right away what what is your heart. We're made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body, and part of the soul is the the heart, our choice. So when we come to God, our heart has to be taught the word from the Holy Spirit so that it can operate in the spirit realm. So to lay up our treasure in heaven means we have all of your heart desires in the Holy Spirit. All. In other words, that's our goal, is to get rid of all our fleshly desires and get in the Word so that the heart then can choose God over flesh. So when our desires are in and of the Spirit of God, the corruptible, which is our flesh, cannot break through and steal what God has already placed in us, the Spirit, from the beginning. So he's talking here, in order to get to to live in the Spirit, we have to get our heart's desires, God's desire, by studying the Word. And then the heart will get the flesh to follow. Because the flesh, all it wants to do is be entertained, me, myself, and I. So all power of God is in us. Not in the heart, not in the flesh, in the spirit. That's we are not to be moved from the things of the world and of the carnal mind. Now the carnal mind is our senses. What we can see, touch, taste, smell. That would be the flesh. It has to see things before it believes it. Well, us being a spirit being and in the power of God, we see it before we say it. It's completely opposite. It's all, the spirit realm is all based on faith, and faith is believing that you have it before you even say it, let alone see it. So we now set all of our affections on the things above. We again the spirit, but now our heart and our flesh are learning day by day, and eventually we can say we meaning spirit, heart and flesh. So it pleased the Father to give us the kingdom. So what is the kingdom? That's where God lives. So everything that God is is in us because He says He's living in us now. So the kingdom of God is living inside us. Not not the fleshly body but the spiritual body. So when we converse with God it's our spirit to His spirit. So the spiritual realm and not in the things of the world. That's where we have to live. Now as a spirit being, we live in a fleshly body, but we don't we're not of the world. In other words, our whole goal is the spirit realm where your flesh is into the fleshly realm. So for us in, or for God is in us and we find all the answers and all the treasures are laid up where the Lord is within our spirits in secret places of the Most High, and God speaks and reveals Himself to us. This is how it works. So who is the one that speaks to us? It's the Holy Spirit. So what does God mean then? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Anytime you see God, it's talking about all three. So once it's revealed to our heart, then we can move. So we must give ourselves and everything we have to God then. So that includes our time, our heart, our mind, our problems, our material things. So now all these are in the flesh. So when when the, when the heart grows, then Eventually it gets into the mind of the flesh and away we go. All the problems and material things are gone. We must place everything on the altar to the Lord. We must. We are the living sacrifice unto God as we put aside the carnal things and go by the mind of Christ. So that's where we go. The Word is Christ. So the mind of Christ then is the words in the Bible. That's what we live by. And again, carnal is what we see, touch, taste, smell. We don't go by that. That's going to get us into trouble every time we do that. So to obtain the mind of Christ, we must know and live in His Word. That's the key. What does his word say? When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he said it is written three times. If he had to do it, we have to do it. Jesus Christ is the word. We have to understand that. John 1 1 says it. He is the Word and He was the Word. In other words, even before the earth even was created, He was the Word. So when are you one with Christ? Nothing of the world can move you or make you. So how do you get in there? You get born again. You give your whole life to God. You surrender. And now you are one with Him. So nothing... Of the world then can move you and make you stumble because now your whole goal isn't what your flesh wants, it's what God wants. Because you are one with God, you are standing on the word of truth. So every word in the word of God is truth because God can't lie. So whenever he says something, we know that whatever it says it's going to happen so nothing or no one can make you stumble because you stand on the Word of God that go back to when Peter was walking on the water as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus the Word but the minute he took it off and used his senses he sunk why because he got into fear so your flesh is where the fear is. So we can stay out of the flesh. We can stay in the spirit. So speak God's word with clarity, knowing that God's word is true. Clarity means make sure you know what that scripture means. Don't just read it and think you know what it means. you got to study it. So when you go forth in God's word, and are dependent upon Him, there will be no chance of confusion if we're dependent on Him. In other words, the Spirit is, but now, like we say, we got to get that heart to do it. So His Word is a lamp under our feet and a life light unto our path. So Jesus is not only called the Word, but Light. So if we follow Him, that path is going to be lit up. It's no darkness. So if you're on that path, there is no confusion. So we live and walk in the Spirit of God. If you don't get anything else out of this message, this is it. Our whole being is Him. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We are one with God who is our Lord. Lord means teacher. He's our teacher. So the Lord is in us as we are in Him. In other words, if we're in Him and He's in us, we're one. So we have to think like Jesus thinks. When something arises in your life, if we go by what we see, Fear enters in and we panic. But if we are in a spirit, what would Jesus do? So we have to stay in that mind of Christ. For we must live in the total and complete spirit of God. He says you can't have two masters. You can't love him one day and your senses the next day. He says, choose one. If you choose to live by your senses, He says, I don't know why you want it, but I gave you all authority over your life, so whatever you choose, go. For all the promises of God are in Him. Now, what is a promise? That's what God said. You can have something like Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. If you read the rest of that chapter, it's talking about fleshly things. What you eat, what you drink, what you wear. You see to it that you have that. But, seek him first. That, so, there's about three and a half thousand promises in that Bible that you can have. So, we must think with the mind of Christ at all times not once a week, once a month, all times. We must know that the fullness of Christ is in us. How do you know? The Bible tells you so. And now once you start believing it, now you're going to be acting it out because Jesus gives to us all that he is. It's already been given to us. Remember, it says the kingdom is in you. Jesus gives us power to work through us in all things. In other words, the Word. He's the Word. So the, the Word gives us the power. That includes the creative power of the mind of Christ in his fullness. In other words, what is his fullness? Complete You've got 100% of Him. You don't have to say, Father, give me more of this or give me more of that. You have it all. Just get in the Word and find out what the all is. We can rejoice in the Lord for He is our strength and the source of our positive thoughts. In other words, we get two thoughts in our mind, one from the enemy, which is negative, a lie, and in the past, where God's thought, it lines up with the Word, and it's our future. So whenever you get a thought, that thought is not yours. It's the one you choose that becomes yours. For the Word of the Lord is truth, spirit, life, and the reason for our joy. If we're in Him, we have joy all the time. So God gives us all that He is, God gives us perfection, which can be obtained by our obedience to do his will as he directs us by the spirit. So as a spirit being, you live in the kingdom of God. That means you are perfect and living in an imperfect body. But if we stay in that word, we are going to rule over that flesh. Because then we have our victory in Jesus. So God gave us His perfection and His truth that we may be just as He is. you got to understand, he, the Scripture says that you can do the same things I did even greater things. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit today, so that, how did Jesus get all the things done? The Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit did The same Holy Spirit's living in us, we say, and the Holy Spirit does it. So we can only know and understand this by His Spirit who reveals this to us. In other words, this is the key. He's talking to you 24 hours a day. Are we listening? We become the sons of God if we believe in His truth. We were adopted. In Romans 8 it says he adopted us into his kingdom as sons and daughters. Do we believe it? Being transformed by the renewing of your mind by receiving and acting upon spiritual mind of Christ. The renewing is studying the word. So you grow scripture by scripture by scripture. It is by the Word and the Spirit of God that we live. In other words, when you're in a world, you go to school. So each day and each subject, you're learning more and more. And it's the same thing with God. If you're in the Word, you just keep learning more and more every day. So Jesus is the Word, and the Word was made flesh. In other words, Adam blew it, he chose flesh over spirit. So it was a fleshly man that got us into this mess. Now it has to be a fleshly man that has to get us out of it. So that's why Jesus didn't come down here as a God. He came down here as a flesh to shed the blood to get this changed back to where we can walk in the spirit again. So in the flesh, Jesus spoke the Father's word, which is spirit and life. In other words, when he came down here, every word that he spoke, even though he was God, in a sense, in heaven, but everything down here on earth, if he would speak, it would create something. So he had to watch how he spoke. What did he say? I don't do anything except what the Father tells me. So he goes by this Father's word and that's what we have to do. Remember God, he's talking to us not only in thoughts, but he's talking to us as we're studying the word and that we have to speak that word because remember, the Father and the Son are one. And now we are sons. So we can go to Daddy and he gave give us wisdom on what to do. So Jesus was baptized to enter into a supernatural ministry. When that dove came down, he was baptized into the Spirit. Not when he was in the water. It was when the dove came down. And now he started his ministry. He was 30 years old at the time. So all the first 30 years, he didn't have the Spirit. So through the Holy Spirit, Jesus began doing signs and wonders and miracles among the people. Why? Because now, this baptism Again, wasn't water. We're baptized into Him, which means submerged. When that dove came down, His whole being, total being, was submerged into God, into His ministry. And that's what He wants us to do. So Jesus sent the same Holy Spirit to live in us, to teach and guide us, to do His will on earth. Again, if Jesus did what the Father said. Now, isn't that what we're supposed to do? So what is it? The Father tells the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tells us. We tell the heart. The heart tells the flesh. And then we're all on the same page. Why? Because He is Spirit and Truth. So before Jesus died on the cross, He said it is finished. In other words, he said that on the cross, but he was still alive, wasn't he? He said, "This putting aside the natural thoughts in order to do the perfect will of the Father, for He loves everyone in the world." If you can believe that, He died for everybody on this earth, but everybody's not going to choose Him. But He died for them anyway. Are they going to heaven? If they don't choose Him, no. So the peace Jesus had in order to overcome the world, He gave to us even to go forth in the world to follow in doing all that He did in obedience to the Father. He was obedient to the Father for 33 and a half years. Now, as a son... He's asking us to do the same. For he gave us the Holy Spirit that we could live in the unity and be in one with him to overcome the world. This is the key. If we're unified, we win. So when we became sons of God, we also became a member of his body, which is called a Church. So the church is not a building. It's If there's a million born-again people, that's they're, all, they're the church, the million. So now we, we as a church have to operate in unity, meaning that everybody's got a different calling. That's what God says. We would call it a job. And if everybody does their part, we're going to walk in unity, and that's and we will then overcome the world. For He Himself is in us, increasing as we, or our thoughts are decreasing. In other words, as we grow, we have more spirit and less flesh. For greater is He that is in us than He is in the world. So who lives in us? God, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. So Jesus had all power in heaven and earth because he has overcome the world. When he died, defeated death and the devil, and rose, he reversed that. So Adam went from spirit to flesh. Now we go from flesh to spirit. And now we can walk in the cool of the day like Adam did with God. He died and has risen from the dead. Now, that resurrection power that rose Him from the dead is living in us right now. And we sit there and say, gee, what do I do? Use that power. it. By rising from the dead, He has put all power of our enemy, which is death, doubt, and all unbelief, which results... And death under his feet. So in other words, anything that like death, doubt, fear, unbelief, that's from what? The flesh. But now he said that's under his feet. Well, who is his feet? The church. We're the feet. Meaning that we have all power over that enemy. If we tell him to go, he has to go. All power is in the Lord, for he is God, our creator, our victory, our life. So as long as we stay in him, we win. So Jesus Christ has the power to heal all kinds of wounds and sicknesses, raise the dead, forgive, and save in all situations. This is the big one. He forgave them on the cross before He died. God forgive them for they know not what they do. So in order for us to stay in the Spirit, we have to forgive everyone. Because if we're in unforgiveness, where are we? We're in the death cycle. We're in the flesh. We're in the fear. And if we're in the fear, we don't get anything from God. So Jesus is present with us now. Why? He's living in us. He is the Word. And when we understand the Word, the Word comes in us. Jesus is real. He lives and abides in us. So for you people that think it's not true, it is true. He is real. He may not be living in you, but He's living in those that do believe. So Jesus can do all things. So, if we can do all things, rejoice in the Lord. He has all power and all glory. Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, is in us the Word, the truth, and the light. If we hear the word, the Spirit speaking to us, we receive His truth, thus we become one with Him by the power of His Spirit. This is, if you want to call it like a formula. We let the Spirit speaks to us, we receive His truth, and then we become one with Him and the power. We will overcome the world just as Jesus did. Why? Because we have that power. So we must hear and listen to him as he is the way, the truth, and the life that is given to us. In other words, the only way into heaven is to accept him as your Lord and Savior. He forgives you of every sin you ever committed. And now you are one with him. So we are one with my Father and we are one with Jesus. My Father. Can you say that? My Father. Hey. The Lord Jesus Christ is one with me. Can we say that? Yes. The Father has given us all power to Jesus and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can say yes. Yes. Christ has empowered us with His Spirit and power to do all things according to His perfect will. We can say yes. Or we can say, that's me. I am the vessel of Jesus who lives or gives us His power when we believe and receive the Holy Spirit. That's me. When we believe that we have the Holy Spirit in us, we are empowered by God to be made one with him. That's me. You and the Father are made one. You're abiding in him and he's abiding in you. That's me. You are made one spirit, one mind with Christ. That's me. That is why it is said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's me the power of Christ working in you, assisting you so you can do all things because of what? His will. Once you get, turn your life over to Him, now you you say, guide me and direct me. Well, how is He going to direct you? With His will. So we go forth by the power of the Spirit to send His Word to all the world. We go forth. That is not a suggestion, right? This is the hour when all men must serve God from a new stance. That stance being from the spirit, not the flesh. Through a personal commitment. In other words, like I said, when you give your life to Him, that's a personal commitment. I'm going to live my life for you. Believing in God is not enough. Attending religious service is not enough there must be an open commitment. In other words, by open mean you tell everybody, hey, I am born again and I am following God. A personal outreach to God the Father. In other words, in a way, you have to love Him more than you do your family. Why is that? Because if you put Him first, Now what's going to happen to your family? They're going to get the same thing you got. That love, that joy, that peace coming from God. So we must understand God because He has related to each of us strongly that our spirit outreach must be directed to Him. That is our goal. Well, as a son, if you look at your own life, when you were growing up, wasn't your dad everything? You want to be just like him? Well, that's what he's trying to tell us here, that we want to just be like our Father. So since our Heavenly Father is spirit only, we must approach him on his level. In other words, we're a spirit being. So it's spirit to spirit, right? We're on his level. We are not a God, but we are sons of God, and we have the same thing. In other words, in the earth, if you have more than one child and somebody dies, they split everything. But when somebody dies in God's kingdom, which was Jesus, we all get the same thing. We get the whole shebang Now Jesus is saying come up higher where I am you may be also. What is he saying here? As you study the word scripture by scripture you're just getting more knowledge more wisdom more understanding and that's what he's talking about here. So the higher order is open and waiting. In other words that word is there. If you don't grab it it's not God's fault, so they're in a personal relationship that must be established with God. So when we come to him, we get in it in what he calls a covenant, and a covenant is where everybody in that covenant is equal. So the words of that covenant, those promises both parties have to obey it. So we're in it with God. So God has to obey every word in there. We have to obey every word in there. And through that personal relationship, we meet God's need. He meets our need. In other words, we never think about ourselves. We're always trying saying, God, what is your need? What do you need? What do you need? He knows what you need, and he's going to, that need he takes away the first so he may establish the second meaning the covenant the first covenant was the old covenant was just for the Jews the second covenant now is for everybody on this earth it's called a blood covenant because it's his blood that, and now we are living in that covenant So the first covenant was the laws of God relative to guiding the natural man under what was then called the law. So what's the law? The Ten Commandments. So the the Ten Commandments were in the first covenant. So with and through Jesus came grace. That's the second or the new covenant. Grace means that everything is free. Whatever the word says that's yours free, because you're the son. So the old then made the way for the new because that first covenant was made through Abraham. And it says that all the descendants of Abraham aren't we a descendant. So the old came to pass away. In other words, once Jesus died, the old had to pass away because now we have a new one. Yet many in this very hour are trying hard to live by their works only. What is works? Do something to get something. Well, that's the way it was in the old covenant. You had to do something to get something from God. Well, in this one, we're under grace. Everything is free. We don't have to work to get it. Just find out what it is in the Word and accept it and walk in it. So with no direct relationship with the Father, it is of absolute necessity that the mediator comes for our sake. So who's our mediator? Jesus. Now that he's up in heaven, he's our high priest and he's praying for us 24 hours a day. However, unless we use this very important mediator as a bridge to gain access to the Father, we are entering into the place where all men must be accepted. We gave our life to Him. He's the way to the Father. But it's also, when we pray, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. So our prayers go through Jesus as our mediator into the Father. So it is extremely vital that we come to see that plan and the structure of God which is set up to include all men. The first covenant was, like I said, was just for the Jews. Now the new one is for everybody. The remnant who are Relating to the Holy Spirit in this hour have entered into the kingdom of God. Now, who is the remnant? Those that have been in the Word so much that their flesh is not ruling anymore. So out of the the born-again believers, there's probably only one out of a hundred that are a remnant, but that's the ones God is going to use. In this end times, to get this world turned right side up. So, this relationship with God is being filled with the Spirit. Now, as we live by what the Holy Spirit or what the Father is telling us, this is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus was. Being baptized by John and water, what did he say? He said I don't need you don't need this water, but I need what you have, which was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus got when the dove came down. So what is that baptism? That's the power of God. So it is a very sacred and must not be taken lightly. the power. The physical material that was used to make the veil in that day, which was also used in the temple at Jerusalem, is only symbolic and figurative, pointing to the real living high priest. In other words, what was the symbol of the of the veil was the sin that was keeping us away from God. So when Jesus died that was ripped, and now we can go and meet with God every second of the day. Where in the old covenant, the only one that could even come near God was the high priest, and that was one day a year. We can come every second of the day. We are His son, which God had purposed to repair. In other words, how did He repair? Jesus is our high priest. When the dove did come down and through the baptism of water, he was now a priest. But on the cross, he became our high priest. Remember the high priest at that time was the only one come before God. So as the high priest, he took his own blood up into heaven, poured it on the mercy seat, And he also, him and the Father, walked through that blood so we could have that new covenant. So the physical veil typified the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. So his fleshly body was the real veil because it defeated sin and death. And open that way for us to go through since the Lord is the door through which we must all pass he's the way the only way the door is now open whereby every man can pass through so any man that chooses So the physical veil in the temple speaks of our Lord's body, which was pierced at Calvary, ushering in a new relationship between man and God. And our body was opened, whereby we now have access directly to the Father. That body meaning our spiritual body, not our fleshly body. So Jesus is the mediator of our new covenant. We are now commanded to follow Him, to introduce us to our heavenly Father. We are now allowed to follow Him as sons and daughters. So we must not stop there, but continue into perfection, which is the challenge given to us by the Father. We, the spirit, are perfect, but remember our heart has to grow, spirit, or one word or scripture at a time. So that is continuing every day of our life. So it is so important that we cannot be perfect without it. Again, talking about the heart. So all men at this time be encouraged as we must revalue the scriptures and come to know him as he is again we know who he is that's again talking about our heart do we see god according to what we have been taught <clears throat> that's again talking about our heart is it is he growing do we see god now according to what you learn, We're talking. and the heart does. He, he grows day by day by day. But searching the Scriptures for ourselves is the most urgent time. Again, who does the searching? The heart. This is truly the time when God is sifting His people who will put on the full armor of God and know the way that is set before them being his leaders at this time. In other words, when you come into God and now you grow and grow to the point where you become, where God can use you, we're all generals. There's no privates in God's army. We're all leaders. So God is alerting us to forget and give up the old former teachings which had brought us this far, so let us go on to perfection. You understand that's that heart again, it keeps growing. We are perfect. So the perfect as a Father in heaven is perfect, this speaks of absolute perfection. So we are the perfect but the heart is going into perfection. It is not a challenge, but a command. In other words, your flesh would say, why do we have to do this? It's a challenge to your flesh, but we're not talk, God's not talking to the flesh. He's talking to us. It's a command. So everything that God speaks or has spoken is a command. Go ye therefore teach all nations. It's not something we can choose. It's, as a son, we're doing it because the Father has asked us to do it. Which must have a fulfillment. In other words, if we're out there doing it, it's going to be fulfilled. Everything God has spoken, He will bring to pass. Meaning that every promise in that Bible that He says He's going to do something, If we are walking in that perfection, He has to, remember? What He says He has to do if we do our part. So we are each not only challenged but commanded to go in the Spirit. That's where we live, in the Spirit. So directly into the presence of the Father of God. That's where we live. The minute we become born again, we go directly into the presence of God. We're talking about the Spirit, man. The Word of God is clear. It takes an effort. And we must press in. Talking about that heart. Now, the heart is the choice. If the heart gets in the scriptures. He knows the truth. He chooses the spirit. But if he doesn't get in the word, all he knows is the flesh and he chooses the flesh. That's why the heart has to press in. So God is daily beginning to expose us to our faults and when we then look to God for help and remove these evil spirits which attempt us from time to time. Now, again, what is that? That's where that heart comes in. The heart, when it first comes to Jesus, has all kinds of faults. So as you get in the Word, what is it doing? It's exposing those faults. Because then we start looking for God, or the heart looks for help so that it can remove them evil spirits because we go back to them thoughts the negative thoughts come into your flesh through this and into the heart it doesn't come into the spirit well when God talks to us it comes into the spirit and not the flesh so the heart is in between, it hears both so it can choose so whatever fault or bad habit that you had that the word gets rid of them one by one by one so the more you study the word eventually all your faults are going to be taken care of and the enemy now has nothing in you just like it didn't have in Jesus so he's going to give up trying to tempt you because you know there's nothing in you that he can use to tempt you understand if there even one thing in there, He's going to tempt you on that day after day after day. So it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. We can't remove. it's Technically, it's past memories. Say you were three years old and somebody stole a toy from you. It devastated you so much that that one thing the devil used for the rest of your life. But if you can get in the Word and get that memory taken out of there, the devil can't get to you in that area anymore. That is why it is urgently important that we draw close to God, for He alone is the only force that has power over the Satan. So, who draws close? That would be the heart. More scripture, more close. So, here is wisdom then. Number one, we must give ourselves totally to God. Spirit, soul, and body. For only God can give us eternal life. But when the soul cries out and invites Jesus in, we have that eternal life. Now the Spirit comes in that flesh and away we go. Authority is given only after we are under authority, meaning we are under God's authority. And He has given us His authority or power of attorney on this earth. We're the church. We're the body. We have to do everything. We have to say And we have to do. So nothing can get higher than that. The wisdom and His authority. So we have to believe what God believes and become what He is.